0: Did get quiet. Going to get started. So go ahead and find your seat. I feel really good about this seat. Like having brought the stool last week. Poor Mike Yorty. (laughs) He really gave it his all for a few moments. And he was like, this is dangerous. Like just to continue sitting on this is dangerous. Uh, But these are stable. Feels good. (sighs) <sighs> morning, everybody. Um, I was uh, telling Brooke, who's now with the kiddos this morning, that I um, that I was just gonna warn you all <laughs> before we got started that I um, read the news before I went to bed last night and had been n- avoiding it all day because that's what I do, um, and so. Saw some like pretty terrible things before I went to bed, and then decided I didn't sleep well. And then I decided to get up at 5:30 this morning and rewrite the sermon. So, <laughs> um, so it feels a little jumbly, uh, and also I I just didn't feel good about. Yeah, I just I didn't feel good. So let's we're gonna we're here together, and we're just gonna go with <laughs> with what we have. Okay. Thanks, Brenda. <laughs> uh, we're going to start by reading scripture. Uh, we're in Acts 11, verses 1 through 18. Um, like I said last week, I just, I like the First Nations version, so that's what I'm going to go with. Um, it, it is just like, like, I find, I, I think I've said this before, I, I have I have not ever in my whole life found someone that, found myself to be someone that really enjoys reading scripture, um, but I really enjoy reading the First Nations version of, of scripture. Like, yeah, it's, it's really fun for me. So uh, Acts chapter 11, verses 1 through 18. Back in the land of promise, Judea, the message bearers and other followers of Creator Sets Free heard that people from the outside nations had welcomed Creator's message. So when stands on the rock... Peter, returned to Village of Peace, Jerusalem, the strict tribal members were be- there began to question him. How is it that you went into the house of outsiders and ate with them, they asked. So he told them, step by step, the journey he had been on. In the Village of Beauty, Joppa, where I was lodging, I was sending my voice to the Great Spirit. I went into a trance and was given a sacred vision. I saw something that looked like a large, soft blanket coming down from the sky, being lowered by its four corners. As it came near to me, I looked into it, wondering what it was. I saw four-legged animals on the land, wild animals, snakes, creeping things, and winged ones who soar in the sky. Then I heard a voice say, "'Stands on the rock, kill and eat.' "'I cannot, O honored one,' I answered. "'I have never eaten anything impure or unclean.' Then the voice from the spirit world above spoke to me a second time, "'If Creator has made it clean, then you must not consider it impure.'" This happened three times. Then the blanket was taken back up to the spirit world above. Right then, three men who have been sent to me from Chief Village, Caesarea, arrived at the house where we were lodging. The spirit told me to have no doubts about going with them, so I and six spiritual brothers went to the man's house and were welcomed inside. The man of the house told us how he had seen a spirit messenger standing in his house. The messenger told him to send a message to Village of Beauty, Joppa, to one who hears, Simon, who is also named Stands on the Rock, Peter, who will tell you and all your family and friends how to be set free and made whole. Just as I was beginning to speak to them, the Holy Spirit came down upon them in the same manner he did for us at first. Then I remembered what our wisdom keeper had said to us. He shows goodwill, John, performed the purification ceremony with water. You will participate in the purification ceremony with the Holy Spirit. If Creator gave them the same gift He gave to us when He put our trust, in, when we put our trust in our honored chief, Creator sets free the chosen one. Who was I to stand in the way of the Great Spirit? When they heard these words, they sat there in silence with nothing to say. Then they gave honor to Creator. So then they said with wondering voices. The great spirit has also given the outside nations the way to return to the path of life. This is the word of the Lord. So um, this might be like kind of surprising to you, but um, after Mike was like so courageously (laughs) like open with not being, uh, not liking being on call, which is like 98% of his job, um, I felt brave enough to share that even given my chosen professions, I, I don't find myself to be naturally a very good listener. Um, which is maybe concerning for you at this moment, given that I'm a therapist, <laughs> but I, I'm getting better. Um, I think it's because my anxiety about what will happen when it's my turn to speak um, has meant that when I should be listening, I'm actually taking time to carefully construct what I will say when it's my turn to say something. When I was in elementary school even, I would, um, if we were reading out loud as a class, I would try and count the number of people in front of me so that I could practice the paragraph that was gonna be mine on my turn to read so that I wouldn't mess it up when I was um, reading out loud. I lived in fear of popcorn reading, which is where you choose someone at random. As a teacher, I never did popcorn reading. If you are an educator, please don't do it. <laughs> it, it was tr- like traumatic for me. like. Um, And so, while um, feeling like that was a good strategy to prepare me for something, I, um, in adulthood, have realized that it's actually a, a maladaptive coping strategy. It enables my anxiety to control my behavior. It most certainly affected my ability to take in any important information that could have been helpful in Mrs. Knox's fifth grade history class. And while these should have been good enough reasons for me to have worked on my listening skills long ago. I really don't think it was until I thought about it from another perspective that I wanted to work on them. That when I realize uh, that when I'm not listening well, it keeps me from actual authentic engagement with others. I might hear what they have to say, but I don't actually listen. I fixate on something early, and then I do my own thing in my mind. And It's a practice that means I don't really get an intimate experience, which is something I really do desire. It also means that the person I'm with doesn't get an intimate experience with me. And I steal something from them in that moment when I don't care about them well enough to really listen to all of what they have to say. And I don't think it was until seminary that I really learned um, the skills to listen well. Um, And I still use the... I I mean, like I I was in seminary last year, so it's not been a long time, but I, like, practice those skills actively, not just... (laughs) Um, with my patients, but with my family and my partner and my friends and <laughs> everyone. Um, anyone that is um, different from me, really. Um, and when I'm open to what other, whatever comes from them, and don't use my bad listening habits, I have found that I'm sometimes surprised at how I feel. I might learn something new about them <laughs> that feels um, kind of shocking, because I'm like, well, I know everything about this person. like, And then I'm like, oh. Oh, I didn't. Um, and I might even learn something new about God because of the way I feel while interacting with that person. And that came to mind when I was thinking of Peter in this story uh, because there were parts that I think if I were Peter in the story <laughs> that would have looked similar. I think like Peter, when I had a vision, I um, might have just written it off as like a weird dream. I would have said something similar to like, I can't do that. I know the rules. This is just something weird that's happening. Um, I'm going to follow what I know is supposed to be true, um, and I'm going to stick to that. And I would have had a hard time believing the, like, no, you're you're actually getting new information now. (laughs) Like, um, just be open to it. Um, I think where we would have diverged is where Peter just follows random people that come to his house and say, come with us. Um, He is open to a new experience where I would have been, like, Mm, I I don't think this is this is for me. I think there is a high likelihood that I would have opted out of listening to the spirit in that moment, which would have meant that I would have missed out on this really cool experience that Peter had where he was given new information about God and God's people. I might have fallen into those old habits when I had these visitors letting them speak but maybe knowing since they were different and believed differently than I did in what is a, a really important way um, from the limited knowledge I have I mean actually have spent time in my head constructing arguments um, about why I know that what they have to tell me is not the truth and I don't I don't need to go with them and it might not seem like a huge deal in this like single tiny episode perhaps. When we're presented with these opportunities to learn about God through others, we will likely always miss something, even when we practice really good listening habits. Because our old habits are hard to break, even with intensive training. And so I try to forgive myself when I notice that I'm not listening well. um, And then just remind myself in that moment to to start over and and practice what I, I know I can do with other people. And I think in this scripture, we're getting a pretty clear message that even when it doesn't make sense or when it's hard, um, we are with or when we're with those that are different from us in some way, which like that part's not hard, like we're with people that are different from us in in different ways all the time, like this room is full of people that are different. Um, It's an opportunity, an opportunity to learn about them. And in that, there's also an opportunity to learn about God. And up until yesterday, I kind of thought that was where I would end. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm gonna speak for a short amount of time today, like just a few more minutes. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's it. Like, that's the message. Like, uh, we can learn from people that are different than us. Um, that should be enough of a motivating reason <laughs> um, to practice listening presence. And then, uh, sorry. Um, but then, last night, Uh, I doom scrolled about the shooting in Buffalo um, where currently 10 people are dead. And while I was reading about the shooting in Buffalo, I learned about a series of shootings in Koreatown um, in Texas that I had not read a single headline about last week, um, which I think is important to note. Um, And I thought about being present to others and listening to those that are different from us isn't actually just a cool opportunity to learn about God it is a mandate and is necessary for the survival of our siblings that a refusal to be open to another to see them to be with them to listen to them isn't just keeping us from experiencing God in some way it is actually leading to death, that an unwillingness to be with those that are different from us leads to hate. And then I sat with the the knowledge that yesterday's shooter was 18 years old, a legal adult, but still a child. And I don't say this to absolve him of the crime he has done, but to say that at 18, he hadn't maybe had a chance to begin making many of his own decisions, that 18-year-olds are still developmentally, most often mimicking the thoughts and expressions of their childhood environment. And so he has absorbed enough rhetoric at 18 years old to believe that those that are different of him are not worthy of living. And so I thought that perhaps when we are open and present to others, we don't only experience something for important for ourselves, but the young ones that are watching us do as well. I don't have a clean way to wrap up today. I, I, like, I'm not good at wrapping up, period. Like, that's like, the thing I struggle with most about writing and, and preaching. But today I felt like, yeah, I just don't have anything good to like, make this clean because it doesn't feel clean right now. So I'm going to end with a prayer. Um, And so, would you pray with me? Loving God. God that creates us in your image. I pray that we stay open to being with those around us. To being with those that are different than us. To being open to the ways that you and your spirit show up for us and our siblings that don't look or worship like us. I pray that when opportunities don't seem to come our way, that we seek them out. That we pause when we think we notice ourselves maybe blocking an attempt of Um, from you to speak to us through others, to be with others well, to work to figure out what might be keeping us in that moment from experiencing your spirit. God, I know that you are mourning with us this morning. And that you... um, That what you desire is for us to love each other. And when that is frightening because we are presented with things that we don't know or um, things that are new, you are there to keep us safe. Please be with the families of those that have lost loved ones yesterday and in the last week. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, We have another shared story today. Um, So I'm going to invite Laura up um, to sit with me. Um, Let me get the mic for her. yeah 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 uh, you know what I think that might be okay Thanks Steve um, so because today's theme was uh, listening presence I uh, asked a fellow counselor um, to, who who to um, talk about her experience of listening um, and I gave her a few questions this week to ponder and so we're just gonna have a conversation and they get to hear it Okay. <laughs> um, Laura, how, how do you find yourself practicing listening presence? Well,
1: and you and I talked about the fact that for me, too, as a yeah. counselor, like, listening was not something that came naturally to me. And um, this is a dangerous statement in a room that I know is filled with educators, but I think of that old adage of those who can't do, teach, right? <laughs> because I feel like if something is a struggle for you, or if something comes easy for you, it's just natural and Mm -hmm. it just comes easy, you're not gonna be good at teaching it because you're like, well, it's obvious, you should just get it, right? I think if something is hard for you, it's easier to teach it because you're like, oh, this is how Mm -hmm. it worked for me, this is how Mm -hmm. I understood it. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes as an educator, like it's just easier Mm -hmm. if it's something you struggle with a little Mm -hmm. bit. And so I think as a counselor, because it didn't come naturally for me, but I knew it was an important skill, I really had to be more intentional about learning, about practicing it, and even to this day, it forces me to be intentional and so i think in some ways maybe it makes us better counselors because we have to be intentional and every time have to commit to that so um back to the original question (laughs) (laughs) but i do feel like um you know what you know when you think about listening and active listening it's like well, eyes on the speaker and um, i'm sitting calm and still and I can do that and I can, you know, be nice and calm and still and be looking mm-hmm. directly at you. But in my mind, I'm closing all the plot holes in Star Wars, right? So <laughs> that <laughs> is not the whole picture. Yeah, so I have really had to learn over the years. It's not about like, I think that song we sang this morning, I mm-hmm. can't come with my own agenda. Mm-hmm. I can't come to God with my own agenda. And I can't come to hurting people with my mm-hmm. own agenda. Like I know what's wrong with you and I know how to fix it. So go ahead and finish telling me your story mm-hmm. so that I can let you know, mm-hmm. you know? It's really about um, not just being calm and quiet in my body, but it's about being calm and quiet in my spirit, Mm -hmm. like truly being open to whatever you have to say to Mm -hmm. me and really listening for what you're saying, Mm -hmm. the emotions behind what you're saying, and maybe the needs behind those emotions, Mm -hmm. like what is truly, and that that really does take, I can't, my brain just can't be going at that moment. Mm -hmm. I have to be completely still. And I think that when I'm able to do that, that allows us as counselors not just to sit with the families of people that were shot in Buffalo, but also to sit with this 18-year-old, deeply troubled human being mm-hmm. who also needs the love of God. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah.
0: Thanks, Laura. Um, how do you care for yourself when listening <laughs> takes a toll on you?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I work with littles, and so sometimes, like they come with really heavy, difficult mm-hmm. stories. And um, sometimes my coworkers, I'll I'll kind of share a little bit of some kid's story and they look at me like, how do you like carry that around with you? And I think that um, one thing that really helps, I think God did this for me, is that I live about 35 to 40 minutes away from where I work. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes having that physical space, that drive home Mm -hmm. gives me that mental and the emotional space to kind of clear out my head in the morning before I get to work, when I'm coming home. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that's just, having a good cry one way or the other to get whatever it is out of my system so that I'm ready for the next thing. Um, sometimes it's praying, sometimes it's listening to audible, you know, books mm-hmm. on Audible, but whatever it is, it's just that buffer that mm-hmm. that helps me too. And then um, so and also I think just being able to compartmentalize. Like I can't I can't carry and at first that was really hard for me, but I can't mm-hmm. I can't carry that pain with me. I have to, like, be present in your pain, but then I have Mm -hmm. to be able to also separate from Mm -hmm. it and walk away from that, and, um,
0: yeah. 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 Anybody else cry on their way home from work? (laughs) It's fine. Um, I have uh, one more question for you. Um, How did you come to know that listening was a part of not just a job you were going to do, but the vocation that you chose to do? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, um... So another thing about me as a counselor, which is probably really terrible to admit, is that I'm not a person-oriented person. I really am a task-oriented person. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, you know, I, I check things off my to-do list, and that's what how I get. Um, yeah, so, uh, so when I first started as a counselor, you know, the first few um, even years, uh, um, I would, like, get so frustrated because I'd come to work and i be like, I have all these things I'm gonna do, I'm gonna get this done, I'm gonna be productive, I'm gonna do this. And then this kid would come in because their dog died or this <laughs> teacher would like ask me to help these two kids resolve whatever, you know, all these things. I'm like, oh, if I didn't have all these kids in the building, I would get so much more done. <laughs> and um, I remember one day in particular, I was driving home and I was really frustrated because there was this task that just kept getting put back, pushed back and back and back that I really needed to do but I just couldn't get it done because of all these things. And I was just like praying. I'm like, and I had this kid come in that had this issue and I had this kid that I, and I'm still trying to figure out how to help these two kiddos with this problem and and this teacher that's really stressed about this. And and it was like, I heard the Holy Spirit kind of go, like. "Ah." That's the job, lady. Yeah, that's yeah. what you signed up for. Yeah. And it was like this—like, sudden, I flipped the script in my head. I was like, "Oh, those interruptions are the job. That is my purpose." Yeah. And so again, yeah, it was just—I just really needed to. Yeah, sometimes he kind of has to smack me over the head. <laughs> so, but I, I really, you know, when I when I finally recognized that it, it's not that I, don't, I still have the to-do list, right? Sure. It, it still exists. It's still there. But when I realized that that is like the extra. Mm. And this is the mm-hmm. job is being there with that kiddo and being there for that teacher who's just mm-hmm. stressed out and just needs a yeah. listening ear and being there, you know, for those people. And I mm-hmm. think that that is true for me in life too, because, and, and God is still working with me on this one, because in life, I've also got my to-do list and these are the things I'm doing. And if I see a hurting person or I see a situation, it's like, I really c- should stop and deal with this. Yeah. But got to get this done, and I got to think. You know, I mean, like, I've got my own life to take care of. You know, and so I think God is really working with me on those divine appointments. Like, being willing and to have that quiet spirit of, I'm going to put this to the side because mm-hmm. this is where God needs to be need to be mm-hmm. in this moment in time.
0: Yeah, it, like, I mean, even kind of like in the story where <laughs> it was like, I, the stuff you have on your to-do list is like important stuff to do. Like, it's like <laughs> you're like, I have to get this done. Like, this is really important. Um, I know it's right to do that, but I like, yeah, mm-hmm. you get pushed to like pause yes. and, and learn from other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna put, <laughs> can I give you a hug? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you, I don't wanna do that. <laughs> I mean, I, I would, it's not that I just don't <laughs> want to, I, I'm gonna mess it up. Wow, I, yeah, I just, like, first, like, I think counseling is so hard, I couldn't imagine counseling little people, um, I couldn't teach little people, so <laughs> I, um, couldn't imagine counseling them, and I, like, like I said, this, the struggles that I have, that you have named, too, I think I would just have the hardest time, I would be like, no, nope, it is time to go, like, <laughs> see ya, and so, thank you for, for doing that, that hard work, um, It struck me while you were saying, when you said the spirit, like, conked you on the head and was like, hello, there's the work, that, like, in the story, Peter did have to be told three times. (laughs) So maybe, yeah, (laughs) maybe it's okay when it takes us a little time to get it. Wow. Thanks, everyone, for listening into that conversation. We're going to come to the Lord's table in a moment. As a reminder, our communion is gluten free, not allergen free. They are very difficult to open for some reason. (laughs) Um, And so beware. Um, Yeah, you can follow along in the bolded parts as usual.